predation. These would be subject to de-emphasis. These would be subject to de-evolution. New evolutionary paradigm would give us the human traits of truth, of loyalty, of justice, of freedom. These would be manifestations of the new evolution. And that is what we would hope to see from this. Welcome to the Esoteric Negro. Today our guest is Leslie Saar. Leslie Saar is a mixed media artist and painter. Her work deals with themes of gender, mysticism, race, and spirituality. Leslie is one of the most important African-American artists working today. And it was truly an honor to speak with her. So now, please welcome Leslie Saar. So tell our listeners about yourself. Okay, uh, my name is Leslie Saar. I was born in, in, in California, in Los Angeles. I um, grew up in a nice you know, family. I have three sisters, my mom and my dad. Both my parents were artists. So when I was thinking about something to do for the rest of my life, um, art wasn't it because I thought it would show like a complete lack of imagination to do exactly what both of my parents did. So I actually majored in uh, radio TV film at San Francisco State. And I worked um, while I was up in the Bay Area for four years, I worked at the, um, the radio station KPFA and B in Berkeley. So I'm very interested in doing interviews too, at least I was yeah. then. <laughs> we had a collective, we were part of the third world apartment. We had a black collective okay. called the souls of black folk. And um, okay. yeah, so that was my thing I was really into um, radio, but yeah. But then um, moved back to Los Angeles and yeah, I've always been drawing and doing my artwork during all of this time, but not thinking of it as a career. And then finally, when um, I was pregnant with my first child, I kind of felt like I was giving myself an excuse to go ahead and do art because my mother was so well known and it was just sort of this pressure. But all of a sudden, for some reason, the pressure was left off. Like nice. I'm just sort of home anyway. Um, I might as well just do it, you know. And that's when I started on that. So it's a bit of a late start as far as taking it seriously. Maybe I was in my mid 30s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, primarily I'm a, a painter. But just to get back to that, I'm not trained. I didn't go to art school. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess that's kind of annoying to people. I'm not saying I'm like an outsider artist. I know what art is, but I just I'm not technically trained. I started out as as well as the painting major, and then now I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, and I, and I think the anticipation for this interview, um, you answered actually just answered that was going to be my first question and. Do, in doing my research, I realized that you didn't start out to, sorry, as to, intending to be like a studio artist. But in doing um, my research for this uh, episode, I was going to ask you, like, what was the catalyst to make you make that mm -hmm. decision? And you just told me. So yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of some very strange logic, but it somehow was like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway, you know, kind of thing. I'm not actually at work. So, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you spoke about the collective in San Francisco. And I'm really interested in that. Mm -hmm. I know that today there's not a, I mean, there, I'm sure there are collectives um, that we know about, but it seems like now people really don't have like a lot of time to kind of just take that time to do new do art and collaboration. I feel like everybody's mm -hmm. really busy. I don't know if that's intuitively, that's a, the vibe that I get from a lot of creatives right now. Mm -hmm. Explain to me what that was like in, how you were influenced during that time period? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I was just uh, out of high school and uh, I was going to Laney College. Laney College had just opened, the bar had just opened, and 
I met somebody, he was in this music appreciation class, his name was Abdul, and he said, oh, she come to the station, you know, and I don't even think I was majoring in, in communication then, I don't know what I was doing, but um, yeah, oh, I met so many people, and that, like, if you can imagine the um, Berkeley, Oakland in the mid-70s, <laughs> so many musicians, the whole new music scene, and became good friends with Butch Morris and David Murray, and they would come through musicians like the Art Ensemble of Chicago, Anthony Braxton, Oliver Lake, all those guys that were doing new, new music, avant-garde music. Mm -hmm. So we interviewed them, we'd go to their concerts. And I have to say I was more into the music aspect of it. I'm not a real political aficionado. I mean, mm -hmm. They did the interviews, the other people, and it was just a huge influence for me. It may not show in my work, but often when I'll do something, I'll think, oh, well, what would which say my friend, well, he passed away, Butch Morris, you know, because it's this whole outer way of thinking um, that's so free. And I try to put that sort of criteria to what I'm doing, even though what I'm doing is representational and maybe corny mm -hmm. in comparison mm -hmm. to what avant-garde or new music is. But I kind of keep that reference as far as just in the back of my head, like, um, yeah. like would Butch like it, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so. That's, a, that's super interesting. I know, I think I listened to another podcast interview that you did too, like a week ago. And um, I think that you were asked then too, like how, because um, you come from a family of artists, obviously. Um, but when I was also looking, when I was looking for artists to interview for this specific subject topic and subject matter for this podcast, your name comes up in the, I guess, the esoteric world community because of the, oh. like recently, yeah, your name came up and hmm. uh, a couple of, I follow, um, Curio Esoterica, and I'll just you know, name drop Danny right now, um, give him a shout out. He's a librarian, but he posts a lot of uh, work, esoteric work, you know, all the stuff yeah, that you can find. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's really cool. But that's how I was like, oh, I was like, oh. And then, you know, he posted your mom and then he posted your work as well. And I was like, oh, that'd be really dope to talk to her about this. Um, mm. Because it's been a long time. We haven't really had you the first uh, art, like studio artist on the podcast. So I just thought it'd be really interesting to talk to you about conjuring of conjurers. That's, that's the first thing that I was, uh, that, that, mm -hmm. that exhibition was the first one that I really saw online and some of the pieces mm -hmm. from that. Many of the traditions you referenced in your, in, in, the, in your work, a lot of it's still shrouded in a lot of mystery in what made you want to integrate that into that specific exhibition and work? Well, I had gotten the idea from, a book that I'd read called Against Nature. It was written by this French guy in like sort of the late 1800s. It's about this guy that wants to drop out of society and gets his own little house and just sort of creates his whole little realm of the senses kind of world, kind mm -hmm. of this complete control of mm -hmm. experimenting, like growing plants. Like he got all infatuated with plants that mm -hmm. were exotic. He liked them because they looked fake and, and taste and, and art and literature and this whole notion of um of like uh, how you could create your own world this is all before the pandemic you know yeah. but um it just oh that's really interesting like just really delving into these senses and what you love and sort of having control of your own environment and mm. so i said okay that's an idea i like this idea but where can i go i don't want to just illustrate this this book and so I just sort of, to, to me, I just sort of interpreted it as this notion of conjuring your own reality, conjuring your, your own, your own secret world of those senses. So often that's how I'll work. I'll come up with an, an idea 
And then uh, that's sort of the intellectual aspect of it. And then there's the physical aspect of it. Well, how's it going to look? Am I going to, how am I going to represent this idea of this conjuring, conjuring a world and having conjurers? Because this guy seems like this conjurer who created his own reality. So I'm going to have like these 3D figures, these tall sort of totems, Mm -hmm. but very kind of fashion oriented more than sculpture. I'm designing these capes and these ritualistic garments that they would wear to perform these these rites or their kind of um, initiations and what have you. So that's one aspect of the physical show. And then I wanted to have large banners. I like to contrast large scales. They like banners that are maybe six feet long. A very small, delicately intricate uh, portraits. But the idea was like everybody in the show is some type of conjurer. Then I need, I wrote rec stories for each of them. And so with each one that I did, I was kind of kind of say, well, what is this sort of making me think of? Is it making me think of this like Russian folktale person? Or is it making me think of hoodoo, you know, from the Southern United States? Is it making me think of uh, Santeria or voodoo? Mm-hmm. Or I have lots of books and I just sort of referencing. Yeah. And it's all just not terribly um historically correct or it's just my own made up yeah it just, <laughs> you, created, you created your own to- essentially your own totems mm-hmm. your own world it seems like you were creating that that um yeah there were two totems i believe that stuck out to me correct me if i'm wrong is uh morena morena morna right uh-huh. who's the the mother of the deceased and it seemed like she had these tools of it seemed like both of her and uh Ophil- Ophilda, is that correct? Mm-hmm, is that right. Uh-huh. Just making sure I'm saying it correctly. Right. <laughs> the abandoned bride, and it seemed like they all did have like tools of divination or whatever mm-hmm. their spiritual tools mm-hmm. were. And if you look at and we'll post, you know, with your permission, we'll post the artwork so people can get obviously can oh, see cool. what we're talking sure. about. Mm-hmm. Um had tools of divination and magic, so to speak, of uh, the things mm-hmm. that they would use. And I also noticed too, it seemed like at the very top, it seemed to be like, and I, you can tell me if this was on purpose, it looked like almost like smoke, which mm-hmm. we know is like what a lot of people say apparitions kind of look like mm-hmm. or deities mm-hmm. kind of have that vibe. And I, I was wondering if that's mm-hmm. probably intentional, but could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I did. Um, I didn't just want to have them headless. And then I thought um, often I'll do wild expressions with, with hair. So they were, they were sort of like hair, but just in these amorphous shapes. So it didn't look like a face or a head. So yeah, like some kind of cloud coming out or mm-hmm. something like bursting mm-hmm. out of the top of their, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. Just something like that. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's just this weird stuffing stuff that actually comes in, in black and then in the white one I would like dye beige and yeah. stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, you have another series that it looks, and I know you use like a lot of like Victorian antebellum uh, mm. themes and it's like some people would call it reappropriation. I don't know if that's what you, you call it, but of um, black people in during in that time period in your work and some of your work because it's not the the sum of all your work is to have black people mm-hmm. in your work, but it almost looked like there were floating figures in space, but also mm-hmm. the same kind of things, but it was almost like Victorian psychonauts. And I didn't know if that was, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a metaphysical, uh-huh. there was like more, the, the conjuring, the conjurers was more, it's felt like more like spiritualism and mm-hmm. all these things. And this, the net, the other, the, I think it's Morad series. Is that what it's called? Uh, Monad. Uh-huh. Monad series yeah. uh, is, um, seemed like it was like more metaphysical yeah that one's really mm-hmm. yeah. right that one really is sort of based on my 
esoteric interest and so what I was trying to do with with those was well this whole notion of um, monad this I think as above mm -hmm. so below like uh -huh. the, this sort of um, paradigm mm -hmm. that exists within the human cell to the human body to mm -hmm. society to earth to the universe it's mm -hmm. just this um, a living kind of organism that's repeated and so um, in those uh, paintings, I sort of uh, was dealing with, with that scale idea, but like kind of flipping it, like these cells became planets. So from the minuscule to the maximum, <laughs> as above, so below. And then, uh, so there's a reversal kind of a topsy-turvy notion of that. And then I also would have the women floating through space, which makes you think of the future but they're in Victorian time, so it's past. So it's a mm -hmm. sort of tension of past and future and scale, large and small, and kind of calm and serene, but yet they're in a sort of scary situation just floating through the universe. So sometimes I'll, I'll, this again is the same thing. I like that had this idea. I've been part of this sort of, um, this order. I was taking French from uh, this woman and she was part of this uh, actual esoteric order called the Order of the Divine Mother, Lord oh, wow. Yeah, she it's French in France and Belgium. She had been doing I think it's around since been around since the seventies. So she, um she would tell me all this stuff and then we sort of started our own one here in California. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I've been studying it for about ten ten years, you know, not that I'm very terribly well versed. Just reading a lot of that esoteric literature and like from Madame Blavatsky and oh, yeah. Hassan and all the women that brought that Eastern traditional knowledge to the West and and studying it. So I want to do something. It's always somehow kind of personal, whatever mm -hmm. sort of theme I can Whatever you're with. reading or mm -hmm. it seems like to whatever you're consuming at the time, just kind of Yeah, they both of those the, the the first series you mentioned and then this one is more about research, but I did a series about autism. I have an autistic child called Autist mm -hmm. Fables. Yeah. And a series Gender Renaissance because that same autistic child is now trans man. So just these experiences that I've gone through where I'm yeah. questioning and mm -hmm. just kind of asking questions. What's what's mm -hmm. gender? What's normalcy with regard to, you know, right. neuro, neuro, neurology, neurology, sorry. <laughs> I can't even say right. I, yeah, I noticed that too, that you did um, labeled autistic. And I think that was in 1998, correct? If that's mm -hmm. I'm a neurodiverse person. I was... I, I, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that up, why it was in, you know, maybe not so much as like why it was important, why you expressed that in that particular work and to talk about that piece, mm -hmm. because I was moved by it, obviously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, yes, um, Jen, my second child was diagnosed with autism pretty early on because they had language and then lost it. And um, as a parent of... Um, you know, a child and just knowing how incredibly intelligent and like to the point of being a savant in certain, certain areas, like there was a period for about four years where you could just give them a, a date and they tell you whether it fell on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I mean, through a span of like a hundred years. I don't know, you don't do it anymore, but um, yeah, so just, just me, me dealing with these experts saying that they were mentally delayed and me saying, well, I think it's pretty bright. And, and just a source of inspiration and um, basically amuse so many, mm. just to be blessed with someone that can sort of think outside of the way other people think, you know, and mm. the ideas that they come up with. And so, uh, yeah, and that was kind of um, prophetic when I did that painting, 
Jen was, I don't know, maybe seven. I sort of age progressed him and yet yeah, they don't talk now. And this is elective mutism. They haven't talked for years. So. <laughs> Communicates through signing. I sort of learned a bit of sign language and just writing and texting all the time. Mm -hmm. yep, totally autodidactic and intelligent. And um, so, well, yeah, that one is, is extremely personal. You know, mm -hmm. those two series, the autist fables and mm -hmm. different portraits that I had done of them as well as... Uh, the gender renaissance thing, which is um, again because of um, them not wanting to talk, I'd have to go to all. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around all the different. No, series, no, talk. Yeah, sure. okay, you know, it's a, it's it's we have time, and you know, whatever you want to, however you want to address or approach it, it's fine. I just, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard when you don't because we've we've had this um, pandemic, and I've been trying to be good about being inside, but I feel like a lot of times going to an actual exhibit is because you get to, you know, get close up. They teach mm -hmm. you to get close up to the work and stuff mm -hmm. like So I've had to do everything virtually. So um, I guess I'm relying you on a little bit to fill in the gaps there a little bit. For oh, okay. <laughs> because a lot of the stuff I can't, I haven't been able to see. I know you have something up right now, right? Or something that's happening now, correct? Or... Uh, no, they're just doing some projection of uh, one of my images is being projected on some... Uh... Okay. Building. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. I don't have any shows right now. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so it's it's so I guess we're just you know focusing on the the whys and feelings of it, mm -hmm. but as opposed to like you know some of the the near grittier details of being up close. So yeah. it's yeah. hard to describe. <laughs> but you mentioned that your daughter transitioned or son, 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 no, son, son, son. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. and you did a whole series and on that, and he's become your muse. Which yeah, uh -huh. well, even way back when, like, I guess that painting, like you said, was dated um, in the late 90s, early mm -hmm. 2000, and that's why, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, yeah, so it's just so interesting, and this all started maybe five years ago, his uh, transitioning, mm -hmm. and, you know, I had so much to learn, and, mm -hmm. and then his approach to being a man and masculinity was so... Not what you would think, you know, like, I'm a man, I'm a man. But then he wants to wear capes and he likes to knit and oh, play nice. with all. So it's just sort of challenging. Well, I mean, now you have gender fluidity. Yeah. And the I mean, I mean yeah. now you always have it. But, um, yeah. you know, so I was sort of thinking it was just so interesting. And in the series of gender renaissance, so how do I present this notion of questioning gender number one and then within each gender like who is or isn't male or female and within that what is or isn't masculinity and femininity and and uh, so I did these portraits and it sort of goes back to even a, an esoteric sort of theme of this interconnectivity like my how does one express what one's true being is and I'll make often references to nature either biological cellular or botanical or anatomical you know, uh, with anatomy, and so there, there are portraits, but I may have some strange orchid coming out here, and mm -hmm. colorful, close-up of a okay. cell, and some bones yeah. here, and dead bird, and mm -hmm. um, just sort of juxtaposed kind of oddly, but it, it kind of has a logic to me as far as questioning. Right. You can kind of get away with surrealism and symbolism if you're questioning, or that's yeah. one way I think to question. Right. is through symbolism and surrealism, which is, I guess, how I would describe my paintings. How important, and I know, you know, your mother, entire family, like I know your mother uh, addressed a lot of racial things in um, her work and in your work as well, but I wanted to know how important 
representation is to you with the, a lot of times there's this mixed conception about being creative and being black that people, I think that people think that's all we want to talk about in a way it's race, no matter, it's just something that we think about because it's a part of us, but it's not necessarily, and it comes out creatively sometimes. And it's not just this, we wake up every day, you know, wanting to tackle, take on the establishment. It just comes out creatively sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you, how do, how do you feel like, is that important to you or is it, even in your work where you have these totems and you, you know, reappropriate these figures in a Victorian way, I kind of think, or I feel like sometimes the past, and if we're talking about the esoteric, I think sometimes they talk to us sometimes Mm -hmm. and it just comes out Mm -hmm. or they just have little messages and just comes out their work. And Mm -hmm. that's what I feel looking at your work. And I wanted to know if that's more the case as opposed to maybe Mm -hmm. being trying to be overtly political. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's exactly it. I go back to that, uh, that, like you said, antebellum period, mm-hmm. the period we actually have photographs of the advent of photography of, you know, of black people. So it's sort of like this uh, documentation, you mm-hmm. know. I like a gothic setting anyway, visually, the whole notion of that importance uh, of history in the United States. And mm-hmm. it's just so charged, it's char- just challenging the slavery, colonialism, all of that that was going on with such mm-hmm. a charged period. And I do like to approach current uh, social subjects or political subjects Mm -hmm. through the past because I feel like for me, it's less heavy handed um, or flat footed or if I were to say approach um, gender being mixed or autism in in a contemporary Mm -hmm. sense, I think it would would look corny if I were to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be pleased with the way I would end up doing it. So, uh, and I also think that um, just like through cartoons or animation, you can kind of get a point across through kind of an indirect way that's more mm-hmm. subtle, but yet strong at the same way. So I like to kind of cloak it in that period, like the period piece. Mm-hmm. And I usually, um, I, I like dealing with current political things, you know, as far mm-hmm. as uh, race, gender, normalcy, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things that mm-hmm. are in my work sort of through this veil of um, kind of the mystery of it, the gothic aspect of it, the historical importance of that period, mm-hmm. the past being the same, like this ta- time travel back and forth, mm-hmm. and it adds to the surrealism, there's just the history of it. Like I like what you said about you know, working with different objects, like I'm working with the found objects for the, the totems, mm-hmm. or when I do a painting, it's always at least on some existing fabric or used to take old books something besides just the blank canvas that's bringing some sort of history or some other sort of level layer mm-hmm. of information and story to it yeah and yeah you know i try to um be honest about my uh, existence with regard to race and i just questioned it so much like oh like who am i to be taking up space doing portraits of black people and this was like maybe 10 years ago my friend said Oh, but you know, you know this, there aren't enough images of, of black people in art and keep on doing it and this and that. And so I'm really conscious of that. I'm conscious of my privilege as uh, presenting white passing and super conscious of that and how me taking up space doing that as well as me being authentic and honest about my experience. So that's why it's all mixed up. It's not exclusively um, mm-hmm. portraits of black people. And then also by doing that, that again is questioning 
it's that kind of way. I'm 67 years old is still here. You yeah. know, like, oh, are you black? Yeah. I'm not okay. <laughs> Identity crisis at this old age. But yeah, are you how you're perceived? Are you black because the cop's going to treat you bad? Are you, are how are you as you, how you are perceived? Yes. But are you also not just DNA? Like I had my DNA done. I wasn't adopted. Are you who your mother is? Your your whole my whole mom my mom's whole side of the family is black. Like who you spent time with your relatives, your environment. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it's a question of both, but it's kind of um, me questioning this whole notion of race. And mm-hmm. I actually did a show called Mulatto Nation that was very tongue in cheek, and because I can make fun of myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's quite important to me, but I'm really um, sensitive about it. I don't want to. Yeah, I want to be honest, but I don't want to like uh, needlessly be rude. <laughs> yeah, or like hammer away. And I, I, I know what you mean by that, and that's what it was important for me to ask you that because I was even in creation, you know, even in this podcast, I was like, I don't want this to be necessarily an activist podcast, but we can't, it's like, you can't help but approach certain things and you Mm -hmm. want to be able to talk about things in a way that is healing to yourself. Right. And, Mm -hmm. but not feel, you know, um, almost forced to, but it's just the time that we live in, Mm -hmm. you know, too, that everybody's asking, Mm -hmm. well, how do you, it's something I think about, talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. Really I do, Mm -hmm. because I was not just like, Oh, forget about it. It's important to me. It's, I spend a lot of time still thinking about it. And I can see, maybe because I am mixed, I can see both sides. I mean, both sides are true to me, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Like, right. yeah, maybe I'm not black because I look white. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm black, but it's fine if yeah, you don't exactly. think I am. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and it's a younger generational thing that are asking these, you know, Those because questions, before, yeah. yeah, before it was like, oh, you're not passing. What a great person you are. It's like, okay, yeah. well, we're beyond that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, the younger generation, I mean, I'm a millennial. I know Gen Z's tackling a lot of this stuff in a different way, which is mm-hmm. good. Which I, I, I love that. But yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, now people are asking those questions and it, it did used to be just kind of black, <laughs> no, but when it's like black and white, like if you were you know, one of your parents was black, then you were black. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it was. And that's how I grew up. And now it's like, you know, mm-hmm. and those questions of colorism of all those things have been there. And I guess in the academic sense mm-hmm. and kind of in the broader conversation a little bit, you know, with Barack Obama's uh, presidency. And then it just kind of, you know, now it's like everything's out on the table and everybody's, yeah, I you think know, so. right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, without b- being too personal, but uh, tell me about your creative process and like how that, how you create, you know, I like to come up with an idea of a theme and each time I come up with a new theme, but sometimes it's not coming. So I just start working and uh, I have a studio inside my house and like my garage for the larger work where I work outside. And I just, you know, start working like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Uh, and once I've got a theme um, and I can sort of plan things out, lay them out, I usually have a show. I'm going to have a show in uh, Seoul, Korea at various small fires yeah, next September, September 2021. Mm-hmm. So I'm working towards that. I just put some music on and start painting on her back. I'm answering yeah. in a very basic, blunt way. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, or, or I'll have, a, I don't know, something on the Netflix playing while I'm doing mm-hmm. it. And But I'll pretty much plan a whole show, how many pieces I want to have, mm-hmm. the whole concept. And I don't like just doing pieces in between I like to be part of a group because I like how I want to have the pieces sort of um 
talk to one another, even if maybe one isn't quite, um, I never think about, oh, this is one that everybody's going to like. Let's do 20 of them. I, I like them to each be different so that the whole thing can create a narrative, like a, a show, an environment, a sort of play being presented, you know, within the theme as far as ex exploring it. So a lot of times it would just depend on the theme. Like for that Monad series, I wanted them to be very, very detailed, like these little tiny brushes, that, you know, to just sort of get this um, this feeling of minutiae, you know, the whole mm -hmm. thing as above, so below. Um, the Monad theme and so those were smaller paintings and then with the conjurer they wanted to be very large and theatrical so they had the big banners and the big totem mm -hmm. and then kind of have attention by having smaller pieces too so I work it out in my head like the actual medium you know if I want to do installation I had to show at the California African American Museum yeah. where we combined some different series mm -hmm. and I was like okay how do I tie them all together and it basically, uh, all of the themes that they were going to use, the four different series, had to do with being an outsider or somehow rejected. Mm -hmm. So it's called uh, Salon de Refusé, the Salon of the Rejected. You mm -hmm. know, and then I did an actual salon, uh, an installation piece in the middle of the room. A lot of how it physically is going to look is, is reflective with the theme and how to best like express that idea. So that's part of my process. And then the third aspect of it, so you have like the mental, the physical, and then the spiritual is sort of like, okay, well, what kind of mood do I at least want to get out of it while I'm looking at it, you know? And mm -hmm. I like very still, mysterious, melancholic kind of mood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> do you like collect things? Do you ever find like, oh, yeah. you, like fine objects? And so that's what I was, that seems like the fun part too about mm -hmm. making art is like finding things that you can incorporate yeah. into a piece. Yeah. So do you, so you have that show coming up. So what's, what's it been like creating during COVID? Well, actually easier. Um, you know, I decided I was talking to someone who was a writer and, a, uh, well, online and an artist. And I just sort of asked them and she said, well, I paint in the morning and I do my writing in the afternoon. And I'm like, wow, you're really disciplined. And, and she said, it helps to be addicted. And I thought, oh, if I think of it as an addiction, like something I'm not supposed to do, I could get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was sort of funny how that changed. It's just, um, I'm really working so much more now, not having the distractions of having anything to do or drive anywhere. And yeah, a lot more discipline, longer hours, really enjoying it more. And, mm -hmm. um, so it's been perfect for, for me. I mean, mm -hmm. such a solitary act anyway, creating your work. Yeah. It's How nice about you? Work. How's it been for you? <laughs> it's, it's been cool. I started this and I really, I didn't have any idea how to create or not well not interview people i'm still learning like but it's nice to have the time to learn something right or nice mm -hmm. to have time to create something exactly because i work with wheeler drive so that's been that's been really cool uh over the course of this at least last year now i made it over a whole <laughs> entire year almost and it's been nice to kind of return and kind of be interested in people you know people that are doing work like yourself and getting into reading again and diving deep Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, I want to talk to you. I wonder if everybody has time to talk. So that's been nice. The people have mm -hmm. had more time to talk. Um, mm -hmm. And so since you came from a creative background and family, what do you guys think of each? And, you know, what do you guys think of each other's work? You guys cheer each other on? Do you guys say, oh, I like that? Or I like this the best? Or do you guys even, mm -hmm. do you guys do that? 
Oh guys... yeah, um, we all like each other's work. I love my yeah. mother and my sister's work, and um, it's just worked out so well because Allison, even though she'll do prints and sometimes mm -hmm. painting, her main focus is sculpture. My mom's mm -hmm. main focus is assemblage, uh, installation, mm -hmm. and collage. Uh, you know, so we're each in sort of different, and I focus on painting. We're always looking out for each other. I went to the flea market, and Allison said, "Have you seen your little tiny iron skillets? Get one for me." So we're always looking out for each other yeah. for stuff. They've been giving me fabrics when I was sewing those totems, yeah. and we are very, very, very tight, very, very close family. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's been so wonderful to see my mom get her recognition. You know, she had the the show at LACMA and was honored at LACMA, and then at MoMA, and we all go. And we go out there in New York for that, and yeah. I attend everything. We're just just so blessed to have a really tight, close family. And I have a, a sister also, Tracy, so mm -hmm. all three of us are really tight with my mom. <laughs> that's that's cool. I feel like, too, that's that's a cultural thing, too, mm -hmm. is uh, closeness and looking out for each other. You know, Definitely. I feel like that's a cultural thing, too. I uh, I noticed in I noticed you guys have a lot of the well you and your mom have a little similarities and themes mm -hmm. every now and then or African American uh, spiritual themes and some mm -hmm. in, you know too um, but were you were you raised really were you guys raised religious or religious or what well not traditional you? religious but no my mom was really always interested in um, well like those early etchings that she did where there's astrological signs mm -hmm. and spiritual and she was trying mind control and just all these different things and people yeah. passing through the house so we definitely grew up with that that yeah. whole and all of the stuff that she's collected and her interest mm -hmm. and so that's a genuine kind of background that we all grew up with and mm -hmm. but traditional religion not so much you guys are just kind of allowed to find your own way mm -hmm. that's cool that's cool yeah. we always like to ask every guest like if there's something I don't know if you communicate with like, yeah, I'm sure you communicate with a lot of younger artists and stuff like that, but we like to give everyone homework essentially. And I love homework because I love homework. And <laughs> is there anything that you think people, you know, that you think people would think is cool or interesting to read that you're reading right now mm -hmm. um, or any artists or art that we should be paying attention to maybe that, you know, our listeners would find interesting? I like a lot, um, reading can really inform my, my work. Like, um, I read a biography on Sun Ra. I like love reading Sun Ra's oh, yeah. poetry and even his record. I'll spend hours just going through his titles of his songs. He's just like titles this amazing poem within itself. And you know, so when I need to kind of get out, like you know, um, not, I'm not taking drugs, but just get out of my head. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> read some Sun Ra, listen to certain music. Um, I've always listened to sort of new and avant-garde music, but I'll get into Coltrane, or Alice Coltrane, or, mm -hmm. or John Coltrane. So it's just sort of, a, um, it's funny when people will ask me about art, I'll just kind of go on to the other- um, Music, yeah. But yeah, okay. the other aspects, the other, uh, the other mediums out there, like, like, like literature and, and music, even uh, fashion, and um, how it can be just sort of a real holistic approach as far as getting inspiration. Mm -hmm. As far as artists that I that I like, I really like surrealism and a lot mm -hmm. of the women artists that ended up in Mexico City, oh, like yeah. Remedios Varos, and they have a huge esoteric influence. Mm -hmm. Leonore Carrington, uh, uh, Lenore Feeney, um, mm -hmm. and then of course Frida Kahlo. Mm -hmm. 
because there's a surrealism, but also with this mixture of the esoteric knowledge of the occult and mysticism. Yeah. So I'll say, well, this is what I like. You know, you can check yeah. that out. So all I can do is say what I like. And, you know, just to, to look back to the past, be sure to see what's already been done and not thinking you're inventing something, you know, like make sure you do your homework. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I don't really... It's very difficult for me to tell somebody what to, 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 to look at, to, to, to learn, to, to... Oh, yeah, I totally understand that. I was just, I'm always curious what everybody else is, whatever else is into in reading and uh, mm -hmm. especially people I like. So, <laughs> I'm always someone like uh, Roberto Bolaño because I thought he really tried doing some different stuff as far as, uh, as writing a novel. And I just think he can do no wrong. He's mm -hmm. great. I've read a lot of his books. Yeah. I even took the time and read Proust. Um, Oh, just okay. which kind of was coinciding with my monad series because it was like really delving into the minutiae you know what i mean mm -hmm. amazing um so i read all that whole search of lost time and basically if someone wants to be an artist my my advice to them is beside like what other artists to look at is mm -hmm. just um to look within yourself what's interesting to you true to you that comes out of your experience that's unique to you and mm -hmm. you know going to question where you got that idea because it's coming from within and then get enough of it done like pick one one of those things and get enough of it done before you show somebody so when people want to get the adulation and they haven't put the work in you know mm -hmm. like make at That's least half a show two-thirds of a show mm -hmm. then start having people come by and look at it. not one of this one of that one of that you know Mm -hmm. like uh commit to some idea that's that's true to you it's that that reflects your authenticity i think that um there has been a popular resurgence of curiosity obviously you've seen recently in the esoteric and stuff even in like the internet community because a lot of this stuff isn't it's it's not easy to find mm -hmm. i always like you follow some of the same people i do and um that's been helpful to kind of kind of give me crumbs to go look here and there mm -hmm. for different things but yeah Frigger how do you pronounce it Frigger Press <laughs> yeah <laughs> they put out some good stuff yeah. uh, and I'll find some oh I didn't know about this artist and uh yeah I'm still discovering a lot mm -hmm. so so you're based in LA correct yeah uh -huh. okay do you feel like there is and I, I asked someone else this too another artist this um do you feel like there's a miss I feel like there's a mystical vibe for in this county of some sort that kind of allows for this stuff to come out of people a little mm -hmm. bit or kind of like pushes people into uh acknowledging that there is like something a little bit something behind the veil maybe and do you feel that mm -hmm. about LA yeah I actually just got this book uh, I can't remember the exact title but it's about some of the esoteric art movements um in the west uh, mm -hmm. Utah Colorado New Mexico California and yeah there are all these kind of um, ashrams and these sort of creative uh, you had like beatrice woods who did the pottery up in ojai she's really okay. into christian murdy and um, i'm just learning about it mm -hmm. and uh you know the um let's see what's it called the esoteric well, the whole thing that Velasky started there's that was mm -hmm. big out here in the west mm -hmm. i just got the book and i've been reading and there was some sort of sense that the west represented like a freedom like people that were either based in europe or on the east coast right. and actually came out here for that reason, something about the open space and just mm -hmm. sort of the nature of the West. and It draws people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, other than other more sort of um, kind of uh, indescribable way of, of describing what sort of um, 
powers would be out here. I imagine there's a lot of Native American vibes, and mm -hmm. who knows as far as what's been existed from the past. Yeah, yeah I was curious if um if you felt that too, because I, mm -hmm. I know Definitely. a lot of artists say that there's just something you know mm -hmm. in the city, out in the West, in that area. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. That's all the okay. questions I had. And we really appreciate you doing this, and and we thank you for coming on. Oh yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and where can people? Where can we follow you? On Instagram is just my uh, name, mm -hmm. Leslie Sar. Mm -hmm. L-E-Z-L-E-Y-S-A-A-R. Um, all right, well, dope. This was cool. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm glad you did this. It's great uh, to meet you. Thank it's you nice so to meet much. you too. And I've, I feel like I've learned quite a bit. I hope you enjoy the episode when it's done. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Okay. All right, great. Thanks. We'll have a good one. Enjoy your holiday weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.